Coming up, a surprise podcast with a special guest on a sport that I've barely discussed over the years. For the MMA UFC fight fan, this one is for you. Frank Torado of MMAinNYC.org joins me to chime in on the Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier bout on Saturday night. Could this be his last hurrah? We'll get into that plus other things UFC, but first, this message. Hey everybody, Jay Reels here to share a friendly reminder. If this is your first time getting an opportunity to listen to what it is that I have to say about what's going on in the world of sports, welcome aboard. Or if you've been a long-time listener, not only do I welcome you back, but I want to advise you all to please subscribe, rate, and review the J Reels podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, this pod is on all platforms. On Apple, Google, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Luminary, CastBox, Player FM, even Amazon Music. I not only host this endeavor, but I independently produce, edit, and write what you read and listen to. So your participation is vital to not only support the podcast, but increase the visibility, fuel the growth and expansion of this platform to those who aren't familiar with it. You could also share the show or a particular episode by posting on social media as well. The purpose of this is quite simple, people, to generate interest to those who aren't aware or know of this podcast, especially the former or current athlete, the broadcaster, blogger, sports writer, studio host, etc., as I want them to share their experience on the field, the court, the press box, broadcast booth, or in the studio with me, so then I could flip that to you guys and gals to deliver top-notch, fast-paced, entertaining, informative, incredible sports talk unlike any other for everyone to listen and enjoy and to keep coming back for more on a week-in, week-out basis. You could also go to my website at www.jreels.com for more information about yours truly, the podcast, archive shows, etc. I appreciate you all for your support. Thank you very much for listening and believing in me. I hope you come back for more as your trusted source on everything that's happening in the world of sports. So with that said, the J Reels Podcast begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's get this sports podcast party started, all right? The J Reels Podcast. Why don't you wait until July 1st to make an announcement? What a disgrace. He can rack up all these numbers in October, November, and December, but what really counts is let me see this in January. The Sports Rebel Without a Pause, delivering fast-paced, jam-packed sports talk like no other. Listen, I gotta call it as I see it, he is not a good player. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J. Rules Podcast. Welcome aboard. What is happening, my good people? Greetings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? What is the latest and greatest? People are probably wondering, Jay Reels, a midweek podcast? Well, it's a little bit toward the end of the week. It is a Friday. Episode 202 brings not only a surprise podcast, but also a special guest, and even more so on a topic or sport that I've barely even spent 10 minutes total on over the course of over 200 episodes, three plus years, and joining me to discuss everything that's going on in the MMA, more so the history of it up until this point, a little MMA 101, so if you're a diehard fan, you may look at this and just dust it off your shoulder, but if this is your first time listening to me and having a chance to dive into the deep end of the UFC MMA pool, you know that this is way out of my league, and slowly but surely trying to creep up to gain more knowledge of the sport, to wrap my arms around it, and my guest will certainly be a good one to get into all this with, and that is Frank Torado, he of MMA and NYC.org, he has a special meetup group before every UFC main bout, where in Manhattan he gets together with a bunch of his cronies, a meetup so to speak, where it's just that, about the card itself, the main event, etc., and he is the best person who we could go full bore on all this. And again, this is just a little bit of a history lesson, pretty much a refresher course for someone like myself who is a novice at this. So for the diehard, you may look at this and be like, ah, tell me something I don't already know. I get it. But hopefully over the years and throughout time, I'll bring myself as close to up to speed. Can't say that overnight this is all going to take place and I'll be sharp as attack when it comes to everything that's happening in UFC. But... This is a great place to start. Frank was a great guest. He gave me an hour of his time, and I definitely will have him back in the weeks and months to come to kind of handicap some of this stuff, gain some more knowledge, and just increase not only my knowledge of the sport, but hopefully 
get close to the passion that Frank exudes when it comes to everything and anything that happens to be MMA, mixed martial arts, and of course the UFC. So we'll get into that in just a matter of moments. I appreciate you jumping in on this last minute. I know I didn't really post this anywhere because I actually recorded this yesterday. I was hoping that this would have taken place earlier in the week, but that's not for your business. Bottom line is that the interview is here now. It's ready to be consumed, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Here is my guest, Frank Torado of MMA and NYC.org, and I'll catch you on the other side. All right, joining me on the line is a gentleman who is deep into MMA. And of course, I am the antithesis of that. I know that this is a long time coming for a lot of my listeners who are wondering, hey, when is j Reels going to finally dive into the MMA pool? Well, this guest right here, none other than my man, Frank Torado, who will get into his group that he follows here in the New York City area, as well as everything that has to do with MMA and we'll also close out with the big fight coming this Saturday between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, the third go around for those two guys. Frank, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it, my man. Thank you so much, Jay. For uh, I'm gonna start off with a shameless plug. Go to go to go to uh, MMANNYC.org. I run a, a mixed martial arts fan meetup group. We base, we basically meet up in bars in the city and get together to watch violence and watch people throw <laughs> bones at each other and try to knock each other senseless. So um, we actually have an event this Saturday for the McGregor card. Um, right now we got about, I think it's up to 45 people RSVP. It's going to be, wow. it might be a super spreader event. Who knows oh. <laughs> what's going to happen? It's going to be chaos. We're doing it at this place called Printer's Alley. It's on 40th. Uh, I forgot the the cross street. So at the top, I have, we have it. This is our first meetup back for like a year and a half. What what is it like? Since yeah, pre COVID. Since 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 COVID. Since COVID started, it's crazy. No, and and that's the thing too that I'm glad to have you on here. Not only to discuss everything that's going on with uh, MMA and the big fight this Saturday, but that's one thing, Frank. I know I've known you over the years, and I never forget through chats on facebook and me saying that if there was an mma fight in my backyard i pulled the blinds and you asking why and me being a huge sports fan that i am well tell an old guy like myself who's pretty much a traditionalist and loved boxing back in the day and we know boxing is a for is it not even a shell of its old self but how could a guy like me get more into mma or even have the I'm not going to say the thought process or even just to slowly introduce myself into the sport, which is obviously brutal, barbaric, and 10 times as bloody as boxing itself. Well, listen, you know, I can understand when people tell me that they can't handle certain aspects of MMA. You know, you got situations like Chris Weidman throwing a leg kick and having his legs snap in half. You know, I saw that. Easy. Yeah. Listen, I've, I've been a fan of the sport since I was 11. My first event watching was UFC 2. I begged my aunt to let me use her her illegal cable <laughs> analog box to let me watch uh, UFC 2 when, when Hoist Gracie was fighting, you know? Um, and I've seen a lot of chaos, a lot of different types of violence, and even stuff like that kind of trips me out, you know? I could totally understand when people say that. But at the same time, I'm going to be very honest, I don't, like to, um, I don't like to speak negatively on boxing. Mm-hmm. MMA is just... It's, it's just the closest thing you can get to an actual fight as an organized sport. That's, that's just it. That's not a knock on boxing. I don't even want to mention boxing. You want to see the most compelling action that you can see sports-wise, then I don't know what else is more compelling about two people putting brain damage on the line to, to try to win a fight. You, you know what I mean? Um, for any sport, you need narratives. If you want to get into the sport, Conor McGregor is a good place to start. Right now, given his situation, he has a very uh, interesting, he's in an interesting spot because, you know, his trajectory. He came into the sport, talked a lot of trash, backed it up, hit a peak, and then slowly over time, specifically after his fight with Mayweather, where he based, I think he made more money on the Mayweather fight than he did for the rest of his year. I mean, for the rest of his career before that. Right. So the big question is, what is his motivation like? Has he has he kind of topped out as an athlete? That's kind of a good place to start. Now, if you want to ask me what fights you sh- you should watch or what fighters you should pay attention to, you know, there's there's almost too many names for me to kind of throw at you. 
you know, uh, in Conor McGregor's division. You could, as a matter of fact, you could look at his opponent. You could look at Dustin Poirier's career. Mm. He has a bunch of chaos in his career, a bunch of incredible fights. Uh, Justin Gaethje, same division, just a savage. He's a dude that for like most of his career didn't even care about getting hit almost. Like you could see him get clipped in almost all of his fights. And all this guy does is walk through the fire, throw a bunch of leg kicks, chop people's legs down and makes them fall apart. You know, like there's no such thing as a boring Justin Gaethje fight. Other, well, I won't say boring, but except for the sad performance he put up against Khabib. But if you ignore his fight against Khabib, like you're looking at a guy with, with just pure action on his resume. You look at Tony Ferguson before the fights that he's recently lost. Another guy, he went 12 fights straight of, of just pure carnage, pure just, just all action in somebody's face over and over and over in a phone booth trying to fight people and trying to, trying to watch them. I don't, the reason, if you have a reason to not watch MMA, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how, I, I don't know what, what is it? You're just scared of violence. Like you're scared of blood. That's really, if that's what it is, then fine. I could, I could respect that, but this is the most exciting sport and I don't even think it's close. And let me tell you something. This is for somebody who loved hockey back in the day because of the fighting. And of course it's on skates. It could either be a second and a half or 45 seconds to a minute. I love football. Now, of course, there's not really fighting there, but just the violence, the brutality of tackling. You know how football is. Yeah. And the thing with MMA that I haven't really embraced, part of it is the, the savagery that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things where, yes, you really need to prepare yourself. And I don't think I have a queasy stomach. I understand you looked at Chris Weidman, that scenario with his leg. Yeah, that's that's an extreme. I think that's only happened three times in MMA overall. No, of course. Funny enough, the two times that it happened involved Chris Weidman and and Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? Look at that. Yeah, Chris Chris Weidman was a part of two of them. Yeah, like, like it's, I mean, it's, it's so Wait, what are the odds? Yeah, exactly. That's just so crazy. But, you know, stuff like that doesn't happen too often. But I would be lying to you if, if you would have asked me like, oh, there's a lot of crazy stuff happen. Yeah, probably once every three or four cards, you're going to see somebody get their, their arm snapped or somebody that, that doesn't want to submit and, you know, will we'll get their, their shoulder popped apart or they'll just go unconscious from being choked. Like this is it's definitely a part of the sport. If you can't get into that, that's fine. But if you can get past that, there's so much beauty behind what these people are doing. It is an art like, you know, the it's mixed martial arts. And I think that, that that art part of it gets overlooked, you know, for all of the action that I talk about and, you know, I, I make jokes or try to talk about it funny and talk about, you know, people trying to take each other consciousness and give each other brain damage. My favorite thing to watch on the sport in terms of like, you know, I don't, I don't pay attention to like sports casters or talking heads on MMA. I'll typically watch somebody like Jack Slack who breaks down technique and will explain mm why certain fighters are good off the jab and why, why and how the jab isn't really utilized too much in MMA and, you know, you know, Dustin Poirier shift and stuff like that. Like the, a lot of the little techniques, if you start getting into it and you get deeper into it, there's a lot of stuff to kind of latch your interest onto. No, and you see in something like that, I would like, because for someone like myself who is beyond the novice in watching the sport or even following it now, yes. Do I know some of the, and I'm not saying heavyweights as far as the division goes, but some of the heavyweights of the sports since its inception, of course. You mentioned Anderson Silva, Georgia St. Pierre, uh, John Jones. Uh, so, yeah, it's not as if I'm coming into this super blind where it's like if you name some of these fighters, yeah, I may not be able to pick them out of a lineup, but at the same time, I know who they are, and I can at least have that as a foundation to get myself in a direction to where I could follow a lot of the classes, a lot of the different divisions, and also at the same time, be able to absorb, oh, I know this guy is uh, a heavyweight, or that guy is, I don't even know what all the classes are in MMA, to well, be I'm honest a, with I'm, you. I'm going to put it to you like this. If All right, I'm, I'm going to give you the my baseline advice to people. You know, um, when I organize these meetups, a lot of newbies come to the meetup and they ask the same question you're asking. And mm-hmm. I always just tell them, like, just fo- focus on whatever's coming next, Right. Conor McGregor is going to fight Dustin Poirier. The one thing I give the UFC, and this is what puts them head and shoulders above every other MMA promotion. And I would argue every, every fighting sport promotion in general, including boxing, their presentation is way better than, than everything else. And I don't mm. think it's close. Like it's 
Like when you watch a UFC event, it's way less goofy than how boxing does their stuff. If you watch an MMA press conference, it's way less goofy. Like you watch a boxing press conference, they'll have like, they'll literally have the promoters talking about the fight almost just as much as the fighters. And now yeah. I know that Dana White does a lot of press stuff, but he's pretty rapid fire about it. He's running through topics and it's all relevant where, where these guys are kind of like rattling off all this, all this stuff that no one, no one even really cares about. Yeah. I say all that to say this, they do a good job of putting, of putting up relevant fights on YouTube that you can go and watch. Also, another great resource is a website or a YouTube channel called MMA Fighting. They, hmm. for every event, for every major event, they will provide you a timeline of dudes' careers. I'm oh, pretty nice. sure that they have one up for McGregor versus Poirier right now, where they'll, they'll show you Poirier's entire timeline and McGregor's entire timeline like together, like as mm -hmm. things happen throughout their careers. And they put little snippets of, of relevant, of the most relevant interviews that they do. Little stuff like that. You just go on YouTube and you just look up those type of things and look up interviews. It's very easy to, to get wrapped up in the personality of a fighter. The UFC is great at creating these narratives. And I think that's Dana White's biggest strength is that he understands that more than anything. And that's important. And obviously, just based on what you're telling me, he is ahead of the game in that regard because he knows that at first, I'm sure this was a very niche crowd that became a groundswell over time. Mm -hmm. Of course, you need the personalities. You need to have some people there that are going to enhance or endorse the sport and then it's going to get to a point where once that starts to build and once we get that ball rolling it becomes to what it is to where you don't want the hokiness you don't want the goofiness you don't want the pomp and circumstance you don't want to have that i guess the wwe kind of uh hmm. showcase where or maybe well, there is some of that i don't know you tell yes me yes and no yes and no i think i think every single sport needs a little bit a little tinge of that wwe-ness to it because that's that's what you that's what people latch on to see the ufc doesn't cater their programming towards hardcore fans they cater it towards casuals mm. you know what i mean which is smart which is what you i honestly i i hate to say this out loud because like you're a diehard because <laughs> it, su it sucks but like you kind of have to to as a business model you have to do that you have to get more people interested in the sport and that's always their priority it's very it, if you watch the sport long enough it's very obvious it's like you can't they can't even hide it they'll they'll create interim like there's a big controversy right now with them creating an interim title fight between uh Derek lewis and cyril gain this is the heavyweight division mm -hmm. and you know and the only thing stopping the actual title fight from happening is francis ungano just wanting to fight one month after they wanted him to fight they wanted him they wanted him to fight in August, and I believe he has an injury, right? So he want, wanted to fight, I guess, in September, but they want August because they want to have Derek Lewis fight in Houston. So they also have, like, their card right now, they have no main event. UFC, 2X, UFC 265 didn't have a main event until, I don't even know if they finalized this situation with, with Lewis, but, like, they want to fill that slot with Derek Lewis, yeah. So instead of them waiting the month to make the fight that really everyone really wants to see, Ngannou versus Lewis, the second one, mm. they, they would prefer to put Cyril Gain in there and create an interim title ball. And now, you know, a lot of fans are pissed off about it. I could kind of see when you listen to Dana explain it, I could kind of see his logic. Um, you know, I can't say I agree, but it's because I'm a, I'm a hardcore dude that's not running the business. He's he's a master at business. So, like, maybe my opinion doesn't matter. So I just hit this. <laughs> no, and, and I hear what you're saying. It's almost like telling the let's say if you're a fan of a particular rap group or rap band and let's say they evolve or maybe they start to fall off a little bit to the point where, you know, you've been there since day one. But maybe right. that. New newer fan has been there since like the third or fourth album, and they say, oh, "What are you talking about, man? They're just as good now as they were back in albums one and two and three. Like, no, 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 no. I know what I like. Not only what do you like is, of course, they're not going to matter, but you know that the best part or their apex was in those first couple of albums as opposed to the latter album. So, right, that's why he's a great businessman. That's why he knows he has to evolve. He has to cater to a guy like Dude, myself. He's a master. Oh yeah, he's a and master. He's the least goofy, like the one thing that um, being a UFC fan, you know, 
the one thing I could really hang my hat on is that their presentation is just is so head and shoulders above everyone else's. And I'm not only talking about the actual fights. I'm talking about everything from the press right. conferences to the interview, everything. Everything is just, it's almost like chef's kiss. Like this dude is a master at it. And, he, and he's super smart. They, they, they opened up that performance institute. So now they're basically farming fighters out of Vegas. They have a full gym, a full... Uh, nutritional setup dudes could just literally move there and train wow. there and that's their life we're just trying to get into the UFC so they're like churning out new talent they you know they they pick certain you know the one gross thing is that they'll pick certain people like that they push faster than, than other people you know and sometimes it doesn't pan out but overall if you really just pay attention to what they're doing I, I think it's easily the most compelling sport easily the most palatable fighting sport um, and like you know it's 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 not a hard sport to get into. If you want to get into it, focus on the next card. Next card is Conor McGregor versus Dustin. It's a solid card overall. Like mm. there's a lot from top to bottom, from the stuff that's on the UFC fight pass all the way up to the main card. There's some compelling things going on, you know? So, you know, you just need, you just kind of need to follow the majors first and then allow that to trickle you out, you know? So, you know, yeah. you might not know Dustin Poirier. You might only know McGregor. Go look into Poirier's career. Watch a couple of old Poirier fights. I believe they put up a couple of free ones on YouTube already. Watch those oh. fights. I think they put put up his fight with Dan Hooker, which was chaos. That fight was pure chaos. Like if, wow. if you if you watch that fight and you don't don't you you can't enjoy that fight, then there's nothing I could do for you. Like you just don't like MMA. Period. All right. So I got some homework to do. So I'll definitely check that out. So him and Dan Hooker. All right. Yeah. And we're gonna him, talk about him and anybody at this point. In the oh really? All right. Years. Good. Yeah. Him and, yeah. him and Dan Hooker. Him and Max Holloway. Him and Justin Gaethje, him and Eddie Alvarez, like, dude, his whole his whole lead up into into being a title contender, you know, his only real, like, I don't know, it's a bad fight to watch for him was when he got washed up by by Khabib, but Khabib did mm. that to everybody that he fought. Right, and of course, yeah, I want to get to him too because, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get to the McGregor Poirier fight as well. But who is the one guy right now that is automatic box office attraction? That a guy like myself. It doesn't matter what uh, division, doesn't matter what class. If there's one guy, and I know Khabib, I've heard, I can't pronounce his last name, Nurmagomedov or whatever. I can't even, just goes to show you how much of a, you know. So I'm not anti-MMA, but obviously I'm not into it, far from it like you are. But who is the one guy that's must-see? The guy that no matter what time he's on, no matter what fight, that's the guy you have to see. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go through these rankings and I'm going to just, you tell me what weight. You want to you want to watch you want to watch lightweight you want to learn about lightweight since that's uh conor mcgregor's division because you can you can look at dustin poirier you can look at justin gaethje you can look at tony tony ferguson even though tony ferguson is kind of on his way out he had a couple of real bad losses but if you look at if you look you could watch you could pull up any of the fights from his 12 fight winning streak and just and just enjoy the chaos every single every every single one of his fights is chaos um the champion Oliveira is is an incredible fighter. He's great. Um, I would watch Kamaru Usman, like oh yes, you know, welterweight champion. Um, yep. Specifically, his fight with his fight with Burns and his fight with Colby Covington was just was just wonderful to watch. Burns, he was able to get out of the fight earlier. You watch Usman versus Covington. That fight, that fight was all, off the rails. That was just just that's just the best. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I get hyped talking about these fights. You want to no, watch? Hey. Israel Adesanya, you know what I mean? Like he had a couple of, he's a counter-striker. So like counter-strikers like Anderson Silva, they have a high, like there's a high chance you might get a stinker because they're waiting on someone else to throw before they throw. And he's super, uh, Israel specifically is super patient. So Mm. some of his fights are kind of like wishy-washy, but you could watch him versus Gastelum. That was an absolute war. Um, Let's see. I'm looking at these rankings for you. Oh, any Max Holloway fight you could watch. Savage. Max Holloway. Yeah. Wow. If um Brian Ortega's recent fight versus Korean Zombie is interesting because Brian Ortega basically uh Max Holloway beat the piss out of him, right? And then Brian Ortega came back after a long layoff, fought one of the scariest strikers in his division, and he looked like a totally different fighter. And mm. he he not only won that fight, but he washed up. Korean zombie like he kind of dominated him in that fight which is crazy when you think of the fact that he's basically considered 
primarily a grappler. Wow. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the current tough series, the, the ultimate fighter reality show is um, Brian Ortega and the champion of uh, Volkanovsky. You know, mm. I haven't watched it yet. I know how dare I, but like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got to get caught up on that, but that he's the one that's on that show right now. Um, I could keep, I could keep going. You want me to keep going? I could just bring oh, off names. No, I hear you. No. And that's, that's uh, obviously a ton of names that you could certainly uh, take a look at, or at least someone like myself. But if there is that one guy, like I said, that one guy, yeah. One guy that, you know, you cannot miss this fight no matter what cost. Yeah. Um, it has to be, I, I mean, it has to be Justin Gaethje. Really? Wow. Justin, Justin Gaethje throws himself into the fire. He just, he just oh, throws himself in there. He's only had one fight in his entire career that wasn't a barn burner. And that was against Khabib, you know, mm. every other fight, every other fight he's the, even the ones that he's lost in the UFC where he ends up getting knocked out, uh, which was what, what was it? Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. Those two guys had to both go through the fire themselves just to get to knock this guy out. This guy is, he's no joke. If I had to tell you one guy to go do it with, then you go watch every single Justin Gaethje fight, especially right. in the UFC, all of them. They're all chaos. They're all wonderful. I got to check that out then. Yeah. Right. All right that now, then. That's the guy. Oh, all right. And a lot of the fights I know uh, do take place in Vegas, of course, with COVID, I know they had fight Island, I believe it was in Dubai mm -hmm. and all these other places. Uh, I would think that Vegas is where it should be. Uh, or I understand that there's fights all over the place. And especially now with the country and the world coming back to some sort of normalcy besides Vegas, is there another venue that I'm not going to say is considered better than Vegas, but Nothing I know for instance, Vegas. Nothing's better than Vegas. I would say as a venue, Madison square garden is, is would be top shelf. The problem yeah, the garden. with, yeah, the problem with them fighting in New York are the rules, like the rules are wonky. Right. They're a little different. And that I remember. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because MMA is new here in New York, like dumb things happen when it comes to judging dumb things mm. happen when it comes to rules. And it's just, it's like, yeah, the, the presentation is great. I actually went to UFC 205 um, when McGregor beat Alvarez and I was lucky a friend of mine who's a lawyer for uh, who was a lawyer for what was it i think it was nbc he had uh box seats and mm. it's funny because and by the way i met him through the meetup group right so oh. he so when when um the ufc they were they were like trying to get mma legalized in new york right it wasn't legal yet when he asked for the tickets we i actually got contacted by someone who was on the legal team working to do that and they let us know like a year and a half ahead of time. Like, listen, this is going to be legal in New York soon. So like, if you can maybe get some of your members to, to participate in, um, what is it, in these uh, actions that they were taking, you know, uh, uh, what, is it, what, what is it called when you get the signatures, you get a bunch of people, petition. Oh, they, petition yeah. they wanted us to petition and do all this stuff. And, you know, we got people to help out. So we kind of knew ahead of time when it was going to happen. My, my lawyer friend, my boy, Steve, he asked his company like a year ahead of time, listen, they're going to do a card at the garden like next year. I want first dibs on the tickets. He got four tickets. He gave one to me. I had wow. these box seats at the garden. It was honestly the best, the, the best sporting experience I've ever had. Wow. You know, and the energy of a Conor McGregor fight is, is it's, it's not just like, it's not like anything else because his fans are so hardcore oh, yeah. that they're already geared up before the event starts at UFC 205, right? You know, um, you know where the Penzi is at the garden, that little restaurant thing right outside the garden. You know what I'm talking about? That oh yeah. That, yes. Right. And then there's, and then there's the box. Like you could, you come out of that thing. Right. And then you go up the ramp and there's a box office. Yeah. These, these dudes flooded that whole area and they were already drunk. So people are walking by with like their kids to go either pick up their tickets or to go to their seats. And they're singing at these people and talking, talking, you know, talking mess to them while they with their kids, <laughs> you know, not in an aggressive way, like kind of like half laughing, but they were just partying all the way from before the event through the event, not even when the dude was fighting. Then when he came out to come to the cage, the, the pop is like indescribable. He had one of the craziest pops I've ever seen in person. And then on top of that, when he clipped Eddie the first time, the whole place erupted. Fast forward, he wins the fight. Everyone's going crazy. Everyone kept going crazy until about 
three o'clock in the morning. I'm talking about wow. I left MSG when the card was over. The hat so I'd been about 132. And then I went to the venue where we had the meetup that night mm-hmm. to, you know, to see anybody who stuck around for the meetup. So I walked from Madison Square Garden all the way to 47th Street. And that whole walk was all Irish people in, in wow. the streets celebrating yeah. McGregor's win. Like it was one of the, I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen anything like that as a sports fan. And I've been to a couple of things that would uh-huh. maybe constitute that type of behavior, but like <laughs> it was, it, you know, the, the dude is a star. The dude's like a super duper mega star. You know? Oh yeah. No. And I'm going to get to McGregor as far as not only just his popularity, but of course now uh, where he's at, as far as him being not necessarily popular, but even more so, relevant i guess in the sport i'll get to that but you mentioned something about judging here in new york there may have been some controversy of course we know that like you said the rules and things of that nature as a lifelong boxing fan and we know the history of boxing with judging and a lot of these fights that have become draws or were decided dominant from one side but of course the champion won because they felt as if they had more points on a scorecard right so two-parter one has there been any controversy amongst its big fights? Maybe not the undercard fights, but amongst its big championship fights to where, wait a second, the judges got this wrong, number one. And number two, does that happen more often than not? Okay. For big fights, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's, it's that prevalent for big fights. It's sprinkled throughout the undercard. But the thing is, the UFC is is different, or maybe MMA in general is different than boxing in the sense that the undercard sometimes can matter almost just as much as the main event. Sometimes it's more important. Sometimes there's people on the come up that their that their fight supremely matters. Like it, it it'll change the division, it'll change the trajectory of the division, and these judges will get it wrong. Or you see it happen a lot on the, on the, on the early prelims, you know, if you got a local guy in there, like let's yeah. say they're doing a fight in Houston and you got a Houston guy fighting some mm-hmm. dude from Korea, you know, yeah. more than likely the Houston guy is going to win. The guy from Korea has to do something spectacular or be dominant in the fight to win the fight. But if it's right. like neck and neck, typically it's going to go to the, to the home, to the hometown guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, it's too much of a problem where it's ruining the sport, but it's definitely a problem. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I think a majority of the judges don't know completely what they're watching. I don't think that they fully understand specifically grappling exchanges. I think certain judges put way too much weight on takedowns. Certain mm. judges don't put enough weight on, on grappling in general. Um, there are guys that have won fights just by, by ring placement, by like just them mm. putting pressure on another guy, even though they got completely outlanded, you know, um, it's 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 just anno- it's more of an annoyance than anything else because you know that if it goes to the judges it's a it's in certain states it's going to be a toss up vegas right. is is not bad but like new york is kind of mm. new york is wonky um Flor- florida texas like meh mm, it's kind of wonky yeah is there a judge out there that is notorious for being let's say uh, to be kind questionable when it comes to uh, scoring a fight i'm i'm really bad with Listen, I'm going to put it to you like this. I care so little about these judges that I don't even remember their names. Is like that the right? Only name, the only name that kind of, that kind of, and this is not as a negative, the only name I kind of remember, I think is Sal D'Amato. But I know that there was one lady that she, I want to say it was 2019, that she had like an entire year of just botching. She was just like, just completely botching her judging. I'm talking about oh, wow. the two other judges went one way and she went the completely opposite way, you oh, know? And, and listen, sometimes you watch a fight and it'll be like, let's say it's Tirado versus Nazario. Nazario, a one score card is, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like 30-27. Like then the next one's 30-27. And then the other one is, is like, you know, the opposite way. It's like, what, like 28-31 or something crazy. Like something <laughs> yeah. doesn't even make sense. And it's like, right. what? Like how, how did these two have a complete unanimous unanimous situation and then you had like one round a draw and then one dominate like it's it's just annoying yeah. it's just an annoyance more than anything else wow all right so now let's cut to it so with the fight this saturday we'll talk about the fight first then mcgregor okay 
This is the third go around, as we know. Chances are this will be the last of the trilogy. Uh, Unless there's a draw. If there's a draw, then do it again. Would you be surprised? Let's start there. Would you be surprised if there's a draw, considering this is their third fight? Yes. I would be surprised if this fight even goes the distance. Mm. All right. And do you think, because I, if I'm not mistaken, I remember McGregor going into the second fight. He said that he wasn't really 100% there. I don't know if that meant physically. I don't know if it was mentally. I don't know what was going on there. But he has no excuses this time around to get himself prepped and ready to go here come Saturday night. Do you think McGregor, based on him now and the trajectory of his career on the other side of the mountain, we'll say, do you think he has any shot to beat Poirier here Saturday night? Oh, what, uh, does he have a shot? A hundred percent. Yeah. As now, do you feel it? Matter of fact, I would, I would, no, go ahead. What are you going to say? Oh, no. What I was going to say was that, do you think, of course he has a shot. He's in the fight based on his experience, et cetera, et cetera. But do you think a lot of the momentum is more on Poirier's side or is this just going to be too much of an uphill battle for McGregor to win? I don't know. I, I don't, I think that McGregor is enough of a talent to, to bridge the gap between what happened in the last fight to now. The problem for McGregor is that Poirier progresses. He's not the type of guy that's going to look at the last fight and just stick with the last thing that he did. Also, right. Poirier trains at arguably the best MMA team in existence at American mm. Top Team specifically with his coach being Mike Brown, who I would make the argument that he's the best MMA coach in the game today. No. Um, they, they, create, they create killers from scratch. They don't, they, you know, like you look at John Jones's team, Jack, Jackson Winklejohn, a lot, of their, a lot of their best fighters were mega talents before they got there and they just build, they just build on their talent yeah. and their skill set. ATT just builds people from the ground up. Poirier, um, this is Poirier's fight to win. You know what I mean? Like, I like it, it really is in Poirier's hands at this point. I think that he's more well-rounded. I think that McGregor's strength is predicated on being able to land early. He still hasn't really shown signs of being able to maintain his abilities deep into a fight. Um, mm. And because of that, I think that Poirier is probably going to win. If I, you know, if I had to bet gun to my head, I would go Poirier without, without even blinking. The thing wow. is though, that doesn't mean that Conor McGregor can't get it done. He has the skill set to get it done. He's open-minded enough to change up what he does to, to, to play into Dustin Poirier's weaknesses. And that's really the question. The question is, you know, everybody's caught up on the leg kicks that he ate, the calf kicks, you know, Oh my God, he couldn't deal with calf kicks, you know, you know who else has that problem with dealing with calf kicks? Dustin Poirier. Mm. As a matter of fact, half of the reason why he throws them is because uh, back in the day when he fought a dude named Jim Miller, Jim Miller blasted his calves and gave him problems. Oh. So, you know, so I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of fighters, when things happen to them, they'll consider it as something to do against other people. It's very common. And, he, and he's at a camp where they're, they're always building on their skill set. They're always adding new things and new tools. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Poirier, is, it's definitely leaning towards Poirier. It's just a question of whether or not McGregor has that ability to rise to the occasion again, which I think that it's, he has the ability to do so. It's just, it's just that he's going up against a real savage in Poirier. Now, with McGregor, I know going back, I guess, maybe a year, year and a half ago, definitely before the pandemic when he retired and he said that his heart wasn't into it, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say these last couple of fights that he's had with him are money grabs. Uh, obviously, I don't know what's going on in his life in that regard. But I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if he gets beaten badly in this fight, that's not to say that he can't come back later on or whatever. But I think that the bloom will be off the rose as far as his career as being that type who's and I understand he has his diehard fans. I understand he's still a big box office draw. But as far as to be taken seriously as a fighter, I think this is pretty much going to be it for him if he doesn't either win or at least shows that he was pretty much went the distance in this fight knowing that he didn't get his brains beat in. Am I correct on that or am I not? Listen, if, if Dustin does him the way that he did him in the last fight where he, where he stops him emphatically and, and I'll use Dustin's word and puts him on airplane mode, um, oh yeah you know <laughs> I, don't, 
listen, he's still going to be a draw. He still might make more money than anyone else in, uh, in the UFC. Um, but that rub, that shine that he has on him is yeah. definitely going to be off because you, you can't make an argument at that point. You, you know what I mean? I still think he's still, there's still a path for him to get back into title contention. The Nate Diaz trilogy fight is always mm. there. Right. You know, he can always, he can always springboard off of that. But at a certain point, you got to kind of ask yourself, like, this guy made so much money off of fighting Mayweather. Yeah. Um, the process of preparing for an MMA fight is a horrible process. You know what I mean? He's sure. fighting. You know, you got you to gotta weight cut. Training for MMA is terrible. I mean, it's documented that most of these guys go into all of their fights injured one way or another. Um, you know, to continue to, to do that and, con- and to continue to risk brain damage when you have all this money and you have all, all these other things that you can do easily without, you know, you can make the same, not the same amount of money, but you can make a substantial amount of money without taking any of the risk. You know, I don't know if he's going to be doing that for too much longer. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised even with a win that he, he's still fighting past, you know, 2024, 2023, you know, it just well, depends. Could, you're right. Well, I guess he could still do those whiskey commercials that you see him in now. Uh, I don't even know what that, that may be Jameson for all I know. So uh, if he has nah, that type of. It's like a week. It's like um, somebody described it to me. I haven't had it, so I don't know. But somebody just said it's like, a, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's an overpriced, slightly better version of, of Jameson. It's like a little bit better than Jameson. Right. But it's just way overpriced for what you're getting. Oh. But he said it's good, though. He said it's not bad. He said it's oh, not all bad right. at all. Yeah. All right, so now this could be uh, McGregor's last stand for the most part, depending on how he makes out in this fight. Uh, I would think for the sport, and I'm sure Dana White's probably crossing his fingers a little bit, that at least he doesn't get uh, – has to tap out in the first uh, 45 seconds or somewhere into the second round because, again, we're talking about the novice here, the guy who is unfamiliar with the sport, with its fighters, et cetera, and that's not to say I'm going to be drawn or, or run to the set to – plunk whatever it is i don't even know how much it is cost to, to get the fight but at the same time yeah it just goes to show you interesting you want to hear What's something that? interesting i would pose that most hardcore mma fans don't know the price either oh look at that all right so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not alone a lot of us are streaming <laughs> yeah no i hear that yes not me though i pay for everything oh of course yeah absolutely um <laughs> so we'll see what happens with me uh with mayweather i was gonna say with mcgregor here now as far as him when I think of the Mount Rushmore of fighters, of course, you have to be up there. Who would be the three other guys throughout the history of the MMA? And obviously, it's still going on. This could oh change God. within the next five, ten years. But if there are... It's so difficult. Oh, really? So, so diffi- you got to throw Gracie. That's, that's like... A, you, have to, you have to include him. If you don't include him, that's retarded. That's ridiculous. Um, you have to do Gracie. You have to do... I would, I would put John Jones on mm-hmm. there just because he's so good. That guy is so good, so good that it's shocking how good he is. The way he and even with the controversies, the steroids and everything that has happened with him, I mean, because I know that he's had a very checkered past when it comes to that. So it's almost as if uh, do you put a little asterisk next to that, despite the fact that he's won all these fights and that he's his name. Obviously, you would think he belongs there, and I would say so by not even watching his fights. But does that does he take a hit for a lot of the stuff that he's done outside of the ring or outside yeah. of the octagon? I should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. But the, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think most, I think most fighters have taken some sort of PED one way or another. Um, Mm. It's, you know, the sport is complicated in that way. You know, the, the way that, the way that USADA was ushered in, there's certain statistics that are, that are very, you know, they're very eye opening. The first year after USADA was implemented in the UFC, before that time, Brazilians were like ubiquitous with being winners in MMA. The mm. first year after USADA's implementation, Brazilian fighters as a whole, I think their winning percentage was 30%. Oh. Okay. And Brazilian is known and Brazil is known as a place where it's very easy to get your hands on performance enhancing drugs. All right. Mm. I don't know how true that is. I never lived in Brazil. Right. I don't know that much about Brazil. But you can definitely tell that the performance of their fighters overall significantly dropped after USADA. Mm. Also, there, there, there are certain people that were really good before USADA 
that are borderline useless after USADA. I would, I'll, I'll only name one, a guy named Johnny Hendricks. Mm. Johnny Hendricks was a dude that was knocking people senseless before USADA, one punch knockout power. At any given moment, he lands a bomb on somebody and they're going night, night. As soon as they implemented USADA, the dude could, could barely, could barely perform in the cage. He changed his whole style. It was like a pitter pat style and he could barely perform in the, in the cage. And he washed out of the sport. He's one of the biggest fall-offs in MMA, or I'll say in UFC history. Wow. You know? Yeah. So anyway, to answer your question, yeah, there's a little bit of an asterisk on John Jones, but I'm going to tell you something, man. That guy is, even with, let's say he, he juiced his entire career. Let's just say it. Yeah. Even with that, what he's been able to do to people and how is, is incredible. The fact that he'll fight another fighter's strengths against them and win intentionally is mm. kind of crazy. He's done that repeatedly throughout his career. The, the hardest fight that he ever had was with Gustafson. And according to everyone around him, according to him, he barely trained for that fight. He was partying all up in the lead up to the fight. I think, I don't know, damn, I, let me not say that because I'm not 100% on that. But he was doing so much wild stuff, shows up for the fight, basically was getting beat for the first two rounds and then just turned up the volume on Gus and stole the fight away from him in a five round war to be able to, wow. you know, with steroids and all that, you can't, steroids doesn't give you that steroids. Steroids is only going to take you, but so far to have that type of heart and that ability in that moment and to not give up on yourself, mm -hmm. you know, that's something to be, that's something to be admired, even with the cheating. I hate to, I know I'm not wow. supposed to say that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Hey, you got to call it like you see it. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, that guy's incredible, man. His last couple of fights, people, people give him grief for because, you know, they, they weren't pretty wins, you know what I'm saying? But before that he's putting on performances. I mean, look at what he did to Cormier, you know, Cormier's mm. a, a, a beast. He's a monster. And he, he made Cormier seem like he doesn't even belong in the same place wow. with him. You right. Know? So, all right. So I got some rapid fire for you before uh, we uh, say goodbye. As far as uh, a guy who's overrated, a guy who gets too much hype, <laughs> who may be a good fighter, but at the same time, yes. Who would that guy be? You want me to be disrespectful? All right, all right. Hey, look at these. Like if you ask me, who's the most overrated guy in the in Major League Baseball? I'll tell you, yeah, it's this guy or that guy, whomever it is. So, oh, it's not personal. It's it's just pretty much based on his performance because that's the one thing I know. Some of these fighters, just like players, when you say, "Oh, that guy's overrated," they take take it personally because as if you're oh. knocking on them as far as their character goes. But hey, we see with our own eyes. I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna bail out on that question. I think that these guys put their brains on the line, and mm -hmm. and for me to sit here and talk about how like who's overrated, who's the most overrated, is like disrespectful to what they're giving me. Because even with them being overrated, they're putting their brain in, in yeah everything. Like, they're risking their brain to give yeah. me entertainment. I I I absorb that entertainment. I love that entertainment. I'm not going to do any fighter dirty like that, man. No, there, I understand. There, there's probably names I could throw out there, but these guys, are they, they're doing too much for me personally, for me to just right. watch, you know, to do them dirty like that. I'm good. This is not like how baseball is where, you know, I have no problem with saying somebody's overrated in baseball or, or football, or, yeah. you know, well, maybe football is different too. Cause they kind of put their brains on the line, but like, you know, basketball is easy. You know, I can make fun of LeBron flopping till, till my, to my, <laughs> to my, you know, to the, to the wheels fall off. I can make right. fun of his hairline forever. I don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? He's throwing a ball in a hoop, but these dudes are, are punching each other in the face for my entertainment. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do any of them like that. I'm bailing out. I'll take negative 10 J reels points for that. All right. No problem. <laughs> nah, no problem. No, I totally understand. What about an underrated guy, a guy who's maybe coming up the ranks or maybe he's not even on anybody's radar right now. So who's a guy that uh, we should pay attention to there. Um, okay. I think people should be paying more attention to Brian Ortega. I think mm. people should be paying more attention to Corey Sanhagen. You know, mm. I think uh, now I'm looking at the rankings just to show, I think, I think people, more people should admit, that Kobe Covington is a good fighter or a great fighter. I think people, more people should admit that he, he upsets everyone because of his Trump MAGA rhetoric, you know, cause uh. he basically performs a gimmick. I don't know. Do you know anything about Kobe Covington at all? I know his name, but I don't know. Okay. I'm going to tell yeah. I'm going to give you a quick breakdown on him. This yeah. I know. He, yeah. Real quick. I know like he cursed on LeBron and all that and in, in reference to his whole 
He's a douche. All right. Mega angle. Douche, yeah. But, yeah. but, but the thing is, is that he was a regular, if you go back, he's a, he was a regular run of the mill, you know, uh, uh, re- wrestler, wrestler, boxer type. That's like, that's like the, the basic type of UFC fighter. And mm-hmm. he kept it humble and it did nothing for his pocket where he claims that they were threatening, they were threatening to release him from the company whether he won or lost one of his fights. And it was like wow. a, a pretty big fight in his career. And they, his management basically told him, like, listen, they're, they're looking to cut you regardless. <laughs> so, wow. you know, from that conversation, this now I'm going based off of what other people say. I don't know how true that is, but based on that, he began this gimmick and is now he's basically a heel. He's a heel within MMA. Mm. A lot of it is contrived. A lot of it is corny. He's an interesting case because he, he tried to take a Conor McGregor type route, but there's, you know, there's no real numbers to show for it. But because he's so hated within the sport, people don't, people don't like talk about how great of a fighter he is. His fights are action fights. Like, yeah, he yeah. grapples a lot or whatever. He's looking to, to, to put you in a war of attrition and to take you out. You know, yeah. more people need to talk about him. More people need to talk about Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker is an incredible fighter, incredible technician. Mm. Not that many people know him. And, and he's, you know, gearing up to be the next guy to be to, to fight Izzy, to fight Israel Adesanya. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of that. You know, this the, the weird thing about MMA is that there's, and this is for me, this is an assessment by me. This is maybe not everybody agrees with this, but like there's so many talented guys, so many top flight guys that no one has any idea about. People know Israel Adesanya, they know Conor McGregor, they know John Jones, they might know Daniel Cormier. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there's like a drop off. Right. Like all, all you know are, are guys who, who in the news appear as boneheads like Kobe Covington or like a Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal is a, a legitimate star. Nate mm-hmm. Diaz, you know, those guys. But like past them, there's like a drop off. Yeah. When I bring up, I'm going to put it to you like this. The idea that you, as a non-MMA fan, you have no idea who Justin Gaethje is. You've never yeah. heard. This guy's like like a living legend within MMA, the way that he's fought people. The idea that you don't know that is is sad to me. So the first <laughs> thing you're going to do when this conversation ends, you're going to yes, look up Justin look him Gaethje, up. Yeah. find whatever free fights you can find on YouTube, and you're going you're gonna to be very pleased because all of his fights are, are just crazy. They're just nutty. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely got to check them out. Now, what happened to... Uh... The former NFL lineman, Greg Hardy. I know for those who listen to the podcast, right, I understand. I'm sure you probably want to fall out of your seat by me asking that. But if there's anybody like myself who follows, of course, NFL football, and we know about his whole deal in the NFL and all the stuff off the field and then him transferring or making a career shift to uh, MMA, it seems like he hasn't really done anything in the last uh, couple of years or so. Is he pretty much a guy that's just going to be floating in and out or does he have any potential to move up in the ranks well he's gonna be fighting on this card against ty tuvasa and i'm gonna tell you something Uh. he can win he can win he can win why because ty tuvasa doesn't necessarily have good defense and ty Mm. tuvasa doesn't necessarily fight a like a technical fight he you can kind of tell he's very ego based you know and greg hardy has power greg hardy greg hardy has legitimate power he can he can really hit somebody and, and put it on them. Yeah. If Greg Hardy loses this fight badly, there really isn't much that they can do with him. You know, they, they paid Greg, they paid Greg Hardy a significant amount of money. I think he gets paid the, more than most people in the UFC because he came from the NFL because right. automatically he's a name. Yeah. So in a weird way, in a weird inverted backwards way, he's a draw. It's yeah. super weird because a lot of the people that I know that follow the sport, a lot of the hardcore fans hate him. <laughs> and negative emotions drive a lot of the viewership in most sports. Right. So people will tune in just to see if somebody would just knock him senseless because he deserves it. Yeah. You know, now whether he deserves it or not, I'm not gonna go there. Well, I don't know. I don't even I didn't even know what his situation was until somebody else explained this to me. I was completely unaware of whatever it is that he did. I don't know, right. he beat up his girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, had guns and all types of stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. I'll be honest, I don't really care. No, I hear you. I don't I could root against him just because I don't I just don't like this. He doesn't really do much for me. You right. Know what I'm saying. But he's in a weird, you know, he he's he's in the heavyweight division, and the heavyweight division is the most compromised when it comes to um, like 
the idea that people who aren't as skilled can thrive and fight for a long time in the heavyweight division because the, the, the skill level doesn't move as fast as like a 155 pound division or 170 pound division. Like it's it, the, the skill level moves slower. There's way less high level fighters. So you might see if he could win this fight, you might, you might see Greg Hardy around for a long while. And just the idea that he's talking smack on Derek Lewis, that might put him in the conversation for, for, a title run if he can just string together two or three good wins. Right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. A couple more. As far as the Mount Rushmore, I know we didn't finish that. I know you said it was, okay. uh, of course, Connor, John Jones, uh, Gracie, I think you said, and who will be number four? Oh, uh, uh, GSP. All right. I'm, I'm bad at these things because like, <laughs> like I can't, I'm so, my brain is just all, you know, mixed up or whatever, but like, yeah, it would have to be Gracie, GSP. I mean, you could kind of put BJ Penn there, but like GSP, John Jones, you put McGregor just because of, just because of popularity. That's right. another thing too, because like, what are we basing this on? Are we basing this on being being the goat, or are we basing this on popularity? Because if we're talking about being the goat, then Conor McGregor has no has no business even being mentioned in that conversation because he hasn't even defended a belt in his career. And that's an excellent point because he's a guy that when you think, I guess the average person, when they think most MMA or what's the one name that's attached to the sport, they'll probably think Conor McGregor, but not knowing that he's not an all-time great on the level of G GSP or even John Jones or somebody of that. Not even, so not even close. He's never right. defended. A, he's never defended a belt. He lost to, he lost to Nate Diaz on 11. Nate had 11 days notice. And, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. And, and took everything he had and outlasted him and stunned him. And even though he submitted him for the win, he 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 won two him and almost knocked him out. So like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that that takes a lot of the a lot of the shine off of off of McGregor. The same way that Matt Serra knocking out GSP kind of took a lot of the shine off of him at the time. But then you know he came back, he avenged his loss. You know what I mean? Right. I think GSP is the only. Is he the only? He might be one of the few guys that avenged all of his losses in his career. GSP is incredible. Like he's he's somebody. If I was uh, if I was gonna start fighting, I would and I had access to anybody. Like he would be the guy I would want to talk to because his his mind for the sport sur surpasses most people, if not every other fighter. Maybe John Jones can give him a run for his money and potentially Khabib. Mm. And lastly, who is the Michael Jordan of the sport now? And then who is the Michael Jordan of MMA since its inception? The Michael, the Michael Jordan of the sport now is John Jones. Mm. The, the, Michael, the Michael Jordan of the sport all time, is, I, I want to say, is either Anderson Silva or GSP. I would argue against Anderson Silva because for as great as he was, a lot of his best moments – were against guys who just couldn't strike on his level. Um, it's just that he was so good at counter striking that mm -hmm. <laughs> that it just eclipsed. Just like the way he would do people was so foul that it just it, you could kind of ignore all those other things. GSP can do so much. He can grapple. He can strike. And GSP made he made he got a lot of things done with just a double leg and a jab, which is kind of incredible. You know, wow. a lot of that's the big complaint on him. It's like, oh, he's just double leg take guys down and jab him before he got there. And it's like, there's a lot more nuances to what he's doing. But if that's your assessment, he got a lot of things done with those two tools. You know what I'm hey, saying? that's like Mariano Rivera just throwing the one pitch for his whole career. They'd be like, he's just threw one pitch. But hey, if you can't hit it. Yo, hit it. Hit the <laughs> pitch. It. Like, what are you talking about? Hit it. Exactly. Practice. Go to the batting no. cage. Do something. <laughs> yeah. Without question. And lastly, Frank, again, yes. MMA and NYC.org, right? If yes. uh, people want to follow you or definitely for future events, if they want to meet up, especially if you're in the tri-state area, please give that one last plug for everyone to hear. Listen, you like violence. You like watching people get knocked out. You want to see a twig get snapped. You want to, you want to, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing to be at home and watch a playoff game, right? It's one thing to be at home and watch a fight with, by yourself, you know, screaming at the TV, oh, go get the ball, whatever it is, right? <laughs> it's another thing when you're surrounded by a bunch of other people, super hyper passionate about a sport, and you see someone get clipped in the face, somebody go down, and the whole, the whole crowd erupt. There's nothing like it. I'll be honest with you, and I know that this is going to sound like, like BS. It's going to sound like me being biased. In certain, if, if, with, with the exception of UFC 205, because I had box seats with a good friend of mine, Outside mm -hmm. of that one, 
I would prefer to be at a meetup than to go to an actual event because it's just way better. It's more fun. It's way more exciting. So if you want to be a part of something like that, a community of, of fight addicts, people who just like violence, like the sport, like the art of the sport as well, MMA and NYC.org. Uh, if you don't know much about the sport, you're looking for a place to have some, some drinks, you know, bring your girl or something like that. Come chill. You could do that too. You know what I mean? Princess Alley is a great bar. They're a great venue. They're awesome. They take care of us. They have great food, great service. Come on. This, I I don't know what else I need to say. I definitely have to meet up with you sometime in the future. Uh, maybe the next big, the next big fight. If you tell me, Jay, you got to come down, check out this fight with us. You know, I I definitely would have to do that. I'm going to, the one thing about this card coming up is that there's, there's heat. There's some heat top to bottom, or maybe I should say there's compelling situations top to bottom. We didn't even, I thought we were going to scratch deeper into that. Um, there's things to pay attention to. I'll make sure that the next card that has that stacked, like a good stack card, I'm going to, I'm going to put the pressure on you to go. No, that's you, fine. No, and I have to go to. No, and I'm with that. And I figured I'd have you come back in the future down the road because obviously you're my MMA, uh, you're my MMA guy, number one, number two. Yeah, we'll go even deeper into the intricacies of MMA, of the way the sport is now. I just wanted to get an overview, pretty much from a from an MMA 101 perspective, just for someone like myself who isn't familiar with a lot that's going on. And yes, I may know of names, but certainly I don't know about techniques or certain fights or whatever. And I think that by going to one of your events and experiencing that, as well as having you come on down the road back onto the podcast, we could certainly get deeper into a lot of those intricacies of the sport itself. Listen, what we could do is, how about this? I, I got a game plan. The, the Monday before every major UFC card, we, we do one. How about that? Oh, yeah. So no, we'll preview one, it. Next, yeah, yeah, there's one every month, essentially. So we could do, you know, like the Monday before UFC 265. There you go. And it gives your listeners enough time to, to absorb me talking in their ear because I talk too much, <laughs> right? And then, and then they'll be prepared for that card coming up. No, sounds great, Frank. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for hopping on. I just invited myself on your show in a recurring fashion. I like Hey, that. well, I tell you, the one thing is, is that I want to get myself a little bit familiar, more familiar with it. It's not a thing where overnight I'm going to be this MMA uh, expert by any stretch of the imagination. But you going to watch on Saturday? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to just yet. I know that uh, uh, maybe we could talk off air as far as uh, what type of sh- streaming services that you use, the platforms <laughs> that stream, you... bro. I pay. Uh, I pay for uh, everything. Uh, that's right. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, but yes, no, you know, I definitely will be on top of it. I will pay attention. Maybe not mo- so much the undercards, but obviously the main event. And uh, yes, I'll definitely have you back in the days, weeks, and months to come to uh, handicap a lot of these upcoming fights. Right. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. Once again, many thanks to Frank Torado for joining me here of MMA and NYC.org. Definitely check out his site. I'll also have it posted in the show notes. So even if you forget or don't happen to go on his site right away, at least you could click right there on wherever you get your podcast as you'll see the link and you could go check him out from there. And with that said, people, just like I mentioned at the top, I hope to get slowly but surely into the MMA fight game to get myself involved because I know it's a sport as popular as it is. You would think that I would talk about it more often. Yes, at a smattering of episodes, if you go back in the archives and check some of the receipts, I have mentioned Kamaru Usman or even John Jones, Conor McGregor. So not to say that I have an immense wealth of knowledge when it comes to the cast of characters that dominate the sport or even the sport itself. But this is one that I hope will have a little bit of some momentum moving forward as I can really give you an assessment, not only of these fighters, but of course of UFC. And let's hope that this is the springboard to that. Also, as I say, after each and every episode, if you haven't subscribed, rated and reviewed this podcast, the J Reels podcast, of course, please do so. All you have to do is go to wherever you download, stream, podcast, Apple, Google, Spreaker, Stitcher, you know all the platforms. Please throw a few stars, throw me a nice little review in the process. All it's going to do is increase the popularity, as I said from my little message at the top. And again, I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to what it is that I have to say about what's going on in the world of sports. If you want to hit me up, 
social media or even through email, you could do so at the following Instagram, J Reels or the J Reels Podcast, Twitter, J Reels One, just a number, Facebook, the J Reels Podcast fan page, or by email, the J Reels Podcast at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, criticism, praise, whatever it may be, you know that I will follow up with you guys. And lastly, if you want to contribute to the podcast, you could go to my Patreon page, P as in Paul, A T as in Tom, R E O N. So it's www.patreon.com slash the J Reels Podcast. Whatever you want to throw my way, it's going 100% to this endeavor. So whether that's the website, the upkeep of that, equipment, whatever it is, I'll be sure that it's going to go in the right place because whether you do or do not know, this is what I love to talk about people. It's in the blood, it's in the DNA, as I like to say, as I love to share my passion, my thoughts, my opinions, my analysis on everything that's happening on the world of the diamond, the ice, the gridiron, the hardwood, the golf course, racetrack, tennis court, even the octagon or the cage. How about that? From my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J Reels Podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. Come on back Monday, I'll have a brand new podcast and also a special guest the following Thursday, which I will clue you in on for the upcoming podcast on Monday. So, as I always like to close out, from the South Bronx, the South Beast, the South Center, the South Pacific, and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody. Until next time on the J Reels Podcast, on the flip, baby.